Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study, the 7 a.m. meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Florida. And today is Monday, November 5th, 2018. And today we are reading from the big book, of course, and we are on page 153 in the chapter of Vision for You. We will be reading the first full paragraph on that page. It starts, it may seem incredible, and just that one paragraph will be read and shared on. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Have K, The 12 Traditions, Esther F. Our text readers are Craig F., Ginger C., Carmela G. is our backup. The newcomer greeter for today is Leslie M. And the host for the second hour is Penny C. And the share ID for yesterday, Sunday, November 4th, 2018, the special edition meeting is 12,139. 12139. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Have K to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Hi, good morning. This is Javi K from Brooklyn, New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a good day, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Javi. Okay. And I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 Traditions of OA for us, please. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, or other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and we always love to hear new voices. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute, and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted and please no speaker phones. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, A Vision for You. We are on page 153. We will be reading the first full paragraph only. That begins, it may seem incredible. And I'm going to ask Craig F. if he would read that for us, please. Sure, I will. Good morning. Thank you. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
It may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we're sure they will come. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. I I like that, uh, uh, you know, he asked this question, you know, you might ask this question, how how can this happen? How could they rise out of, the, it, out of this stuff? And instead of giving a, uh, an extended philosophical, theological, uh, uh, rhetorical answer. He just said, the answer is this. It's, look here, it's it's happening. You know, it's kind of like, why ask why? Uh, the practical answer is that since these things have happened, and, and, and you know, for me to apply that personally, you know, um, sometimes I just have to utilize, you know, that what's that old uh, slogan? Uh, Utilize, don't analyze. You know, uh, I I have an overanalytical mind at times, and I want to know why it works instead of how it works. And uh, he's telling you how it works instead of why it works. And uh, he's saying that uh, above all else, you have to be willing uh, to make use of the experience. And he he said that uh, that uh, and. She, uh, should you wish above all else to make use of our experience, I'm sure they'll come with you. So, uh, you know, uh, above all else, I have to be willing to make use of the experience of the people that went before me. And if I have that uh, willingness that uh, and, and then take the action that uh, I can participate in this age of miracles. Uh, and I have, if, if, you know, if I look around, if I'm going to go do a, a program and I look or look at that program and I say, how's this working? And, and, and there's nobody that it's working in that, you know, I, I'm going to be reluctant to try that, right? But what I have to do here is I look around and I say, this program, is, it's worked among people. It, it works among the people that have taken it seriously and uh, and have been willing to humble themselves and take the re- take the required action and if it works among them it can work among me and uh, it can continue to work long term it's not a, 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 a it's not a failure among people it is a success among the people ahead of me, and and that gives me hope. So if I uh, if I uh, if other people will share their experience and and strength and hope, and I'll hold on to that, this can work for me too. And the age of miracles is with us. The, the people, the other people's recovery, my recovery, proves that you can't get where I'm at from where I was uh, without it being a miracle. And so my recovery proves it, too. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig S. And now I'm going to open the floor. And who would like to share on this first Jackie paragraph? Jackie B. from the Bronx. Katie D. from Boston. Jenny C. 
Lisa, uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, Jackie. Oh boy, I'm way back at Jackie and Katie. Okay, again. And Melanie S. Patty Larry. Larry. Ginger C. Patty. Tina S. Patty, I heard you, Tina. Um, Ginger. Okay. This is what I've got. And I'm sorry I didn't hear everybody. Okay, I got a Kathy G, Jackie G, Katie G, Tina S, Larry K. I think there was a Patty and a Ginger C. So, Jackie, you're up. And then Katie. Hi. Hi. Thank you. This is Jackie B from the Bronx. Thank you so much. Um, I love this uh, passage. Uh, What was hitting me most of all is, yes, you have to do this program. You have to do the steps, you know. But what gets me more is the fact that I can always become more and more aware, okay. When something comes up, a character defect, uh, 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 an irritation, uh, personal um, uh, imbalance in my emotions, I have this program and the steps to utilize and then share it with another compulsive overeater so I don't have to carry it. So that I don't have to look to the food for the answer today. And mind you, I've been in this program over 20 years. And the fact that I today have over two and a half years of abstinence and I do it without any regret without any um, turmoil, you know, because I am willing to grow by working the steps and then also working with others. And you have to be willing to honor the fact that I, for me, cannot... Uh, change from being a compulsive overeater. That's who I am. I'm a compulsive overeater. I do not react to certain ingredients that will trigger my allergy and my obsession. And as long as I put that first and foremost, then I can work with life. Because life is so unpredictable. But I know today that I can, with the spiritualness of my higher power and the steps and the program and the fellowship, I can manage the day. I can manage to deal with whatever comes. And you know what? I found out that it's okay to be positive. I don't want to live in a negative world. And a negative world is my disease. The positive world is is working the program to the fullest. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Katie G., you're up, and then it'll be Tina F. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. Yeah, you know, if I am willing to make use of our experience, and that's really all I have to share is, you know, in the 13 years that I've been a member of Overeaters Anonymous, um, I came in because I wanted my body weight to stop looking like an EKG and as i dug my heels deeper and didn't want any help my life got worse and worse and turned into where i was just breathing misery bad bad repute and hopelessness and i was absolutely going on to the bitter end in program thinking 
I was on a diet thinking that somehow somebody was going to rescue me. And the experience that I was offered, um, you know, willingness is overrated. Action is the magic word. There is no chapter in the big book called Into Thinking. If there was, I would be in great shape. Um, I'd be graduated from this program. But because of the experience of all of you, I continue to grow and change and and be in a sense of awe and wonder and marvel at the extraordinary event of this morning, which is November 5th, 2018. I got up. I got on my knees. I didn't want to binge and purge. I didn't actually want to exercise because I am dealing with um, a stomach virus. And thank you, God, like (laughs) some sanity, right? In the past, I would have definitely wanted to figure out my exercise, and I didn't have to today. That is an extraordinary event. I didn't get on the body scale. Um, In fact, I just went and was of service to my family. Um, I'm I'm listening to a meeting. I I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. You know, these are not things that were ever true for me. And and the internal my internal life is this knowledge, like internal problem, right? But internal solution that fundamentally, you know, I hear people say how life is terrible. Life is beautiful. Whatever is happening to me in my life. It's challenging and it's in session and it's intense, you know, but life is good and I believe that today to my core that whatever is happening, God is with me, God is holding my hand and I did not come in for a relationship with God. But every day, I'll just close with this, I, I use your experience to help me get rid of myself and my selfishness and see the good and find the good and, and want to contribute to this life. And if that is not a miracle, I just don't know what is. So I am just so grateful to be with all of you, my miracles, my inspiration, and walk this path shoulder to shoulder one more day. With that, I pass. Thank you, KDG. Tina S., it's your turn, and then it'll be Larry K. Thanks so much, Monica, for your service. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, heard some really great things this morning already, and I'm just grateful to be on the line. And one of the things that I like about, uh, you know, reading with a guide and helping somebody else read is, you know, look up definitions. And, you know, one of the things that, that really stuck out for me in a definition of incredible is impossible. It may seem impossible that these men are to become. And, and a de- another definition of become is grow into. And that's what happened for me, you know. Initially, it was impossible for me to, to get rid of misery, bad repute, and hopelessness, you know. But I, I grew into becoming happy, respected, and useful once more, you know. And and the only way that happens for me, and this is for me, and I share that, is that, you know, I grab on to the experience of somebody who's been there, done that, who has worked the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and cares to share it with me how they did it, you know, by example, not to just tell me, but to show me. You know, and I have an opportunity today to do that, and that is a miracle for sure. Number one, that I have an opportunity to do it. Number two, that I want to do it. You know, I've had a transformation that continues to amaze me. You know, that I show up as a person that I 
always wanted to be but never could be. And today I have examples in my life to show me how to do that. And, and I want to do that. And I love being on this line. So I'm just so grateful for the opportunity one day at a time to not have to be into the disease and be in the misery and bad repute and hopelessness. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tina S. Larry Kay, it's your turn, and then it'll be Patty. Good morning, Monica. Thanks so much for your service. It says the age of miracles is still with us. It is. In 2018, you know, our own recovery proves that. And it's, it's, you know, it's something, this miracle, it's, you know, something that's not explainable by natural or scientific laws. And, and therefore, you know, it's considered to be the work of, of a divine agency or, or of God. And I'm reminded of what our early founder said with regard, you know, to how this trudge tends to go, because it wasn't easy for me. He used the analogy of a, um, a bicycle tire, you know, with the spokes radiating, and they all lead to the center, all to the hub there. And we all start out in the program at the outer circumference. We, we latch onto a spoke. And, I, and, and to suggest that one spoke is better than another, you know, my spoke was bent and, and it, it, it was jagged and it was full of clods of dirt and it was slow going and I trudged through it. Now, maybe someone else, um, <clears throat> you know, they, they selected a well-oiled, smooth, smooth, unbent spoke and their pathway was easy. But maybe that was God's intention for me. Maybe there was some learning that I had to get from that to practice this spiritual way of living. And that was the pathway that God shows for me. You see, you know, everything that, ever, that came easy to me in my life, I took for granted. You know, easy come, easy go. And, and when something was hard, I avoided it like the plague. And maybe the most profound, sustainable connection to God comes as a result of this painstaking trudge through the sludge. That was so for me. Now, that said, I had to be clear about what I'm powerless over, and I had to surrender to my limitations as a human being. I've heard it said, <laughs> there's ability in everybody, you know? But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. A fish is powerless to climb a tree. You know, I had to accept what I was powerless over and quit trying to climb a tree if I'm a fish, right? Was my trudge, you know, you know, from entering the doors of AA just a direct straight line to a spiritual awakening where I put the food down from day one? No. There was course corrections along the way. Maybe God needed for me to learn some things. And I have, I have rarely met a person who came into these rooms put the food down immediately, follow the suggestions perfectly, recovered, and, and, and then, you know, there are pictures on a box of Wheaties. I, I don't see that. There was risk. I had to trust in this process. And, yes, a miracle, unexplainable by natural laws occurred, and I'm grateful for it. So, um, you know, last I'll say, Monica, is that does it make me a bad person? because I latch onto the grimy spoke of the wheel? No, it doesn't. Maybe I learned perseverance and determination. Maybe that's what I needed along my journey. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And I think I heard a Patty, but I didn't get your last initial. Yes, this is Patty D. from Matthews, North Carolina. Go ahead, Patty. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Patty D., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater some great shares this morning. Um, Larry, thank you so much. I just 
really appreciate it, the things that you just said. Um, I really, uh, this chapter, uh, paragraph really resonated with me when it talked about miracles because I was just sharing with my sponsor last night how it was so miraculous to me that I was in the grocery store the other day and walked past the table of all the the clearance Halloween candy and I I didn't even notice it until I walked past and I was like oh oh yeah there's all that Halloween candy on sale because up until this year I would have snatched those things <laughs> I would have thought oh great deal let's see what they've got and this year it's like I didn't even see it that is a miracle because I was just a candy freak and cookies and all that other stuff, anything that was sweet. And my, I remember my sponsor telling me, you know, Patty, you're going to get food neutral. You're not going to even see that stuff. And I was kind of like, yeah, right. But it did happen, and it, it is a miracle. And besides that, I have... I have other things that are going on in my life. It's like one one person shared. It's like, you know, life is just one challenge after another. That's what life is. And now I have a program that helps me deal with that. And one of the challenges I'm dealing with is, you know, my marriage. And I'm okay because I'm, I'm taking it through the steps and dealing with my side of the street. And that, too, is miraculous because I can have peace. And so I would just encourage anyone on the line who's, who's new, who's struggling, we're here to share our strength with you. And that's what people did with me. They shared their strength and their hope and their stories. And that's what gave me um, the courage to keep going. And I found what they found. So I'm just so thankful for all of you and for Vision and for, for OA. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Patty D. Ginger C., it's your turn. Good morning, Monica. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, great. Thank you so much. And thanks for everyone doing service this Monday morning. Um, Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Reader in Colorado. Wow, you know, this paragraph is just so promising and giving us so much hope. And it says that they can happen with you. You know, this experience is, is, is available to you right here, right now. But, you know, two of the most important questions where it all begins is, are you out of ideas? Are you willing to let go of the wheel? Have you surrendered? And then B, are you willing to go to any lengths for victory? Because a price has to be paid. So it's simple, but it's not easy. And it's all about what I'm doing all the time, never what I'm thinking. So I have to fire this head of mine that always wants to be thinking and managing and controlling and trying to figure out life's problems. And I have to sink down and I have to hire my heart. And then I just get busy. You know, I put this food down in a way I never did before. For 20 years, I would come into OA, but I was in pain, and I just wanted the pain to stop. 
I wasn't convinced head to heart. You know, and if it's an option, it will always be your only option. Life is going to kick you to the curb and you're going to eat because you're going to seek an ease and comfort. That effect that comes at once from taking that bite. So I'm just still so blown away by this book, by these clear-cut directions, and all I have to do is follow it precisely. And if you want what these first 100 are telling us here in this paragraph, the Age of Miracles, it's still with us, it's available to you, and our recovery proves that. I really thought I was going to my grave with a fork in my mouth. I couldn't stop eating. I couldn't stop relapsing. That's all I knew over and over and over. And then God loves me so much that he sent me to Virginia Beach. I was scared to death. I had no idea what I was doing. I brought all my loot in my backpack because I had no plan of stopping eating. I looked at every restaurant on the way to the hotel to know where I'd be going my next day. And I was blindsided. And that fork got put down in a way that it had never been put down before. And then I just got into this work with somebody who, in whom the problem had been solved. And I just kept busy. Because when you're busy, you get better. And you stop thinking about how to figure this out. And then you see the miracle of this higher power. It happens automatically. That's your 10-step promise. But you have to surrender completely. It all begins there. This is not about compliance and doing a good job. It's about, I'm done. This food is scaring me. My life, I want it back. And I want it to take on this new meaning. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. And for those who may have come on a little bit later, we are on page 153. We are... Uh, making comments on the very first full paragraph that starts, it may seem incredible. And who else would like to share this morning? Siobhan. Yeah. 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 Harlan G. Nancy Okay, I heard. Siobhan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not doing very good, people. This is what I heard. I heard Siobhan. And I heard a Jackie. So let's try again. Okay, this is what I've uh, Siobhan, Jackie, Devora, Nancy, Kim, Harlan. Mr. R. Let's go with that. And I'm so sorry. Everybody was coming in all at once. I wasn't getting much here. And I didn't get initials to a, a, a number of you, so please give us your initial to your last name when you come up. Siobhan, it's your turn, and then it'll be Jackie. Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much that God has graced me to share on this paragraph because this is exactly how I feel. Okay, so it may seem incredible. I, I It's hard to find the words. Okay, I had, okay, I, I started suicidal. I'm, I'm a lawyer, I, but I was a compulsive liar. And that was also another shame. And I was in my bed and I was lying to the world. I couldn't get honest. I was compulsively lying. And I was compulsive about just, you know, I was addicted to blame is what I was addicted to. Blaming my, uh, I'm sorry, blaming everyone else for my problems that, and for the choices I made for things that happened to me a long time ago. Yes, I had trauma. But for 47 years, you know, it, I, I, I just kept blaming others. So 
anyway, I, I, I stood at a turning point. I realized that either I'm going to live, I'm going to live out this fantasy of suicide of, you know, going into my, I had this whole plan, like I was going to go into my brother's uh, wife's house and use the bathroom, slit my wrist, bleed over her bathroom, make her clean it up. You know, even myself, my suicide was selfish. I wasn't going to just peace out with heroin or something like that or whatever. I don't know. I could use, you know, but so anyway, I stood at a turning point. I decided to, to, that I, that I wanted help. And so I knew I was powerless. Um, you know, I could admit that. And then my life was unmanageable, completely insane. I mean, I'm sitting here, two channels. One is suicide, you know, suicidal ideation in my, my brother's thing. And they're blocking me. I can't even get into their part, bathroom because I burned that relationship up. I burned up every relationship in my life. I burned it to the ground. And so, um, so I decided that I would call, I called a friend. I'd once go to an AOE, OA meeting and she was, she told me about vision. And I called her in New York. I was about to forklift in, you know, the last bite. And I said, I don't want to do it. I don't want to put the last bite in. I start, I burst into tears. Her name is Bridget. And she's in New York. And she, and she said, you know, um, she sounds, it sounds like you really, you really want help. You really are ready this time. I said, I am. I couldn't handle the food. It was too much confrontation. And a lot of other programs have gotten recovered, but I held the food. So she said, why don't you call into this meeting, Vision for You? And she said, why don't you get this insight timer? It's a timer for meditation. It's set for five minutes, like download it, whatever. And just like you hear the bozo bell, you sit for five minutes and just, you know, and, and just call into the Visions meeting, right? And she said, make three phone calls. Why to get out of self? And that was the first thing. It was like, I had to get out of myself. And the only way out was to, do, was to focus on someone else's self. And I found that you know, when I heard, when I focused on the self and I listened to the people, actually listened instead of my own problems, I was focusing on, there were, there, I heard solution and I was like, oh my God, I'm hearing real recoveredness sitting here. These are people who really have freedom. I could hear it in their voice. I could feel it. And I said, but, but, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I've never followed anything thoroughly. Oh my God. I'm like the deviation. I'm like the Sally met Harry orderer. I change everything. I modify everything. I mean, I don't feel anything precisely, but I was a pastry chef only to steal cakes. And chocolate. I learned how to make chocolate. I was a chocolatier just to steal the chocolate. And I have to make amends to that too. That's on my list. But I, I just remembered yesterday. Time. Anyway, so, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Jackie, I did not get your last initial. So if you'll give that to us, please. You're up and then it'll be Devorah. Good morning, Monica. It is Jackie H., and I'm recovered compulsive overeating and Mexican bulimic in Colorado. May I be heard? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for moderating. Thank you for all of you people on the line. Well, when I, first of July, I dialed into this meeting. And I was in a pretty dark place. Um, I, I don't need to go into the story, but... What I heard on this line was people who were recovered. I heard things like they were recovered. And I had not heard that before. I'm not, not new and trust up. I heard that they were neutral with food. I heard promise. I heard hope. And as we were reading this paragraph this, this morning, I thought promise. This was, it sounded like promise to me. And I was, I was done. I was at my last my last option here, and I reached out, and I found somebody with, that the problem had been solved. I trusted 
I trusted in the guidance that I heard. I had not been very trusting before, and I certainly thought that I knew all the answers. And when I came in like a little child, I was ready to listen to what was was taught to me, and I listened like a newborn, and I trusted the process. And I trusted that the people before me knew what they were talking about. And I got recovered. I, oh my goodness, I, I'm neutral with food. I say I'm recovered because I am recovered. And this may be kind of funny, but I am excited about making Thanksgiving dinner for my family. I have a son and his wife coming over from Loveland. And always before Thanksgiving dinner, I had to, to make sure I had gluten-free dressing, gluten-free this. I had to have, I did have some desserts, so I would give myself little, little chances because I'm such a re, restrictor. And so Thanksgiving for me and for everybody else was awful, you know, when I make these tofu pumpkin pies that do, uh, anyway, it was, it was interesting. Um, because when I was on a diet, you have to be on a diet too. Today, I get to make, I'm going to make Thanksgiving dinner, and you know what? I am neutral. I don't, I'm going to have plenty to eat. I'm going to have, um, I don't have to tweak anything for, for myself. And so that is a miracle for me, and I'm excited about that. I'm really excited that I'm thinking about somebody else except for me. This is another miracle that this program has given me is that when I wake up in the morning, my first thought is, what can I do for you? What can I do to be of service? And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much for everybody being here. Thank you, Jackie H. Devara, I think it's Devara F., I'm not sure. You're up, and then it'll be Nancy. Hi, yes. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Devara F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Thank you, Monica, and thank you, everyone on this line that makes it possible. And I love that the age of miracles is still with us. Wow, how cool is that? I heard this book was written in the 1930s, and here we are so many, so many years later, and there's so much more um, stuff that has been invented since then, you know, the use of technology, but yet, you know, we're still experiencing the miracles of this book. I mean, that is incredible. And I don't have to change anything. What happened then can still happen today. You know, I follow the directions in this book. You know, and, and there's so much stuff out there today in the modern world of technology that change, 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 and quick and easy and fast and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? This stays the same. How, how incredible. Because it works. Because it works. And who am I to change anything? You know, I don't know. I know it's so easy for me. I'd, I'd rather do it like this and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And uh-uh, stick to the basic stuff here and, 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 I, and I get the results. And I remember coming to this program years ago and going into my first meeting and there was a girl there who was just 180 pounds and, and you never knew that she was ever so overweight. And I remember coming home and just thinking to myself, gosh, if she could do it, I could do it too. If she, if we're all creations of God. We're all, we, we all come to, from the same fabric. And just feeling like, wow, if that can happen to her, that can happen to me. And that, 
you know, I still feel like that, just listening to everybody on these lines, I, I look at that, wow, that can happen to me too. You know, the, the, the hope that I'm hearing here each day, um, you know, fills me with, yeah, me too, me too. You know, so I'm just going to hang around another another day with you, you guys and, you know, just doing the legwork, just, just going forward, doing the directions in this book and hanging on and, and knowing that, yeah, me too, it can happen to me too. Our own recovery proves that. All the people on this line that I'm hearing daily, it proves it. Everybody, nobody's making up stories. It's not, this is all the real thing. Life is happening a day at a time. Stuff is happening, ups and downs, you know. But, yeah, hey, I'm not eating over it, and I'm living in a solution, and I'm turning to my higher power each day, and I'm doing the step up. And I'm moving on, and it's, and it's, it's, it's incredible. What can I say? It's really incredible. And, um, and it is a miracle that I wake up in the morning, and I'm not running to the pantry and seeking after what's good for me to eat. But I'm, I'm, I'm being serviceable. I'm being a service to other people. And, um, and food is just giving me the, the energy that I need. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah S. Nancy P., you're up, and then it'll be Kim G. Hi, thank you for letting me share. Can I be heard? Yep. Hi, Nancy P. from Boston. Um, this is amazing. You know, a few words, big impact. Um, who would have thought? That's, you know, who would have imagined? And, you know, earlier in the book, it you know, talks about things like how I wish I had what that man has, if I could believe what as that man does, or, you know, um, neatly avoided or entirely ignored, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, my problem for my entire life was that I didn't get the meaning of entirely. I didn't get the meaning of complete or absolutely. And, um, you know, how would, I, how would I have known that when I dialed into this meeting, it would have worked? But I can tell you that the day that I did, the obsession was lifted. The minute that I picked up the phone, that I, the minute that I, you know, pressed the code to get in, and I heard people t- talking, um, the obsession has been lifted, and that was December 1st of last year. And um, I think that, for me, I didn't, you know, I was obsessed with food at all times, but the thing that I heard on this um, line was I didn't hear that abstinence was the goal. I heard about the steps. Nobody talked about how abstinent they were. Nobody talked about, you know, and this is where I come from, it's always, if only I buy the broccoli, that's all I have to do, you know, is weigh and measure my food and everything else will follow. And I, I'm not sure that I, you know, really hold much stock with that. I, my experience was that that did not work for me. Um, it wasn't until I really got intimate with um, absolutely and complete that, um, and, and, you know, and someone said on the line, I'll never forget it, um, this is overrated. Desperation is what you need. And that's where I was. And, you know, I thought I had been desperate before. But, um, and, you know, I'm sure I could go lower, but um, it was enough for me with my family situation. So, um, you all, I remember talking, calling the woman that, that got me into vision and shouting on the phone, this really works. She said, I know, I can hear it in your voice. And I said, no, 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 I must shout it again. It really works. I'm, I've been relieved from the obsession of both myself and with food. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Nancy P. Kim G, you're up, and then it'll be Harlan G. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and you know that word they were just shouting at me today was a bubble up, a bubble up, a bubble up. You know, and I, I think one of the most common questions we get on special editions is from people who are still suffering, asking the recovered people, "What do you do on a daily basis?" I think it's more accurate to ask, "What did you do?" When you were at step one, because I'm on step one. What did you do when you were when, I, when you were doing working on step two? When I, because I'm in step two. So above all else, what does that mean? So I just want to bring some line to lies throughout the step. We're saying above all else. What are we selling ourselves into? You know, in step one it says if we are planning to stop drinking, there must be no reservation of any kind or any lurking notion that someday you will be immune to alcohol. You know, that we can never, ever, 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 ever have those foods again. That, you know, we're called in step 12, but we're going to get immunity from drinking. And immunity from drinking doesn't mean that God's going to allow us to eat our binge foods again. We don't moderate our binge foods. What it means is, is that through this step process, I am not going to want or care about my binge foods. You know, when I'm in step two, I hear God is everything, or God is nothing. That's above all else. In step three, I'm poor, I have to quit playing God. That's above all else. And in step four and five, I'm looking at my fears and my resentments and my sex conduct. And I'm being told if I don't address them, it's infinitely grave, it's fatal, I'm going to die and it's poison. In step six and seven, I'm told I have to turn everything over to God, good or bad, above all else. In eight and nine, I'm being told over and over again that if I do not make these amends, I'm going to drink again. And in 10 and 11, I'm being told I have a daily reprieve. That's what it means to be a bubble up as we go through these steps. And I just wanted to share some gratitude that I really saw this weekend, that a bubble up how important my program is. I am, for, I am for the first time getting politically active, and I was asked, and I couldn't believe that I did it, but I offered to have a staffer from my congressional candidate stay at my house for the last two weeks. I live alone. I don't like to share space. It's been uncomfortable. But i got to tell you, it showed me how important my program is to have someone in my house and see that I'm taking phone calls from Germany and Australia from sponsors, that I'm on the phone an hour and a half every night working with people, that I have a meditation room, that I have a morning practice, an evening practice, and I'm pausing. I have a home group that we developed a podcast that we've had 16,000 downloads, and I'm helping out with that. The amount of food prep that I do. But I have to tell you, because I do that above all else, I also saw how productive I am at work working overtime in the midst of this, how my family life is so enriched, and how I've been able to become politically active. Because above all else, putting my program first means I get to enjoy the rest of my life as a fire program. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Harlan G., you're up. Good Thank morning, you, Monica. So wonderful to hear you this morning, Monica. I've missed you. Um, Harlan, I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. A miracle is, is defined as an event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws. And there are people that will see a baby being born, and that's great. I have, I have a daughter, and I was there when she was born. And there are people that will see a sunrise or a sunset, and they'll say, 
Oh, what a miracle. And these are great. These are beautiful things. The greatest miracle I've ever seen is a human being set free from the bondage of self and the bondage of this illness one day at a time. The greatest miracle I have ever seen is when through the working of the steps in the presence of abstinence, a human being like me can wake up this morning and not feel that horrible degradation, that pall of guilt and shame and remorse over what I ate yesterday or what I ate this morning or God knows what. Walking around as the butt of jokes, walking around scared to death, who's going to come into the restaurant and seeing me eat a chocolate sundae? I don't have to live that way anymore. Biology damns me to eating food against my will. My mind, in its zeal to emancipate itself from the pain of not eating and a body that ensures I won't be able to stop once I've started, that's the illness. It is biology that I will eat myself to death. And inexplicably, Against scientific law, by the working of the steps, above all else, in the presence of abstinence, I have been set free. And not only have I been set free from the murderous sentence that this disease gives me from the food, I have been set free from the self-obsession that I can think about someone else. I can act in a way that is Municipal, I can act in a way that is altruistic and give with no expectation of return. That is not who I am. That's not what I am. But through the working of the steps in the presence of abstinence, it is what I have become. That is a miracle. And I thank God for it every day. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan. Yeehaw, we do have miracles. Okay, we got five minutes. So, two, two and a half minute shares. Who would Vasa like? O. Vasa. Carmela G. Morrissey. I heard, okay, I heard a man's voice, but I didn't get your name. Len P. Len P. Okay, Vasa and then Len P. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Monica, for your service. And everybody's service this morning, and I'm vast, a grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida now. And I love this paragraph. It is a miracle. I remember this was my last hope coming to Overeaters Anonymous, and I will never be so grateful that I was led into this program. And uh, I don't analyze it any longer. I just, I just, I remember. What the hundred? I remember my, my sponsor said to me, in, "I'm reading, you know, what the hundred men and women did uh, to recover the first edition, I believe, and and it was like a promise to me. If I followed the directions the way they laid out in the big book and do what people did that what I before me that they did before me, and if I do the same thing around the same thing." And it's going to work for me. And, this, and it has worked. I've been here for three, three decades. It's by the grace of God. 
And I'm not afraid to say God today and my higher power. I love to say my higher power. At first, I couldn't even say God. I was more comfortable with a higher power. But anyways, uh, and I just needed to take the action. I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired, putting, you know, trying to put the food down for 25 years of my life, and I tried to analyze it and tried to organize it, and everything I did, it just not worked. And I was so ready and so willing to surrender to this program, to a higher power, whatever, and I, whatever I was ready. And it didn't mean my compulsion, my obsession was lifted right away. Believe me, I surrendered to God. And the next morning, I got up and I wanted to eat, you know. And my sponsor said, no matter what, no matter what, you know, you wait for your next meal from breakfast to lunch. For me not to put something in, in between that time in my mouth was just a torture, you know. But I remember refraining like a flame. And, um, that, and it was not easy, but I did it one meal at a time, one day at a time. It has gotten, gotten me 33 years, by the grace of God, working the steps happily, joyfully, and have a peace. Yeah, things are through my life. Some things are not so good, and some things are good. But I don't have to run to the food for the comfort. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, Len P, take us out. This is Len P from sunny California. I love the time change because it's the first time I could do the four o'clock meeting at uh, on Vision, and uh, I love uh, the miracle theme. Um, you know, it was first introduced really in uh, Bill's story when you know Ebby sat across the table and uh, Bill said a miracle is sitting across the table. And, you know, I love the fact that I sat at that very table with my very good friend Harlan, and um, and uh, it was a miracle to be at that table and to be at, at a weight that was 200 pounds less than I was. I was, you know, over 450 pounds, and I was miserable, and I was beaten down by this disease to the point where suicidal ideation was the theme of my life. And I had, had had a 357 Magnum in my mouth multiple times because the pain of this disease was so great. And the feeling of being not part of the human race, but left out of the human race because of my weight and my obesity and all the related illnesses that were associated with it. You know, there's no nothing scarier than seeing, you know, a doctor's eyes look at you and kind of shake his head and say, you know, there isn't much left. Uh, and that's where I was. That's where I was. And it's a miracle that today I'm alive. It's a miracle today that I have a life that's meaningful. And it's a miracle today that I get to pass on this program to my sponsees. And that's what it's all about, you know, getting out of self, getting out of selfish thoughts, helping each other. I think this is what uh, the program intends us to do. I think that's what God wants us to do is love each other and care about each other and get out of selfish thinking and pull each other up and out of this horrible, horrible disease. And um, I'm absolutely grateful for everyone that shared today and everyone who's on the line. And, and uh, Harlan, have a great trip in Israel, and I will 
pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Len P. And thank you to everyone who has shared today. We've already come to the end of this meeting so quickly. Once again, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID for today, Monday, November 5th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 12,141-12141. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Ginger C., would you read for us from page 164? Sure. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>